The following is a sermon podcast from White Ridge Baptist Church. Amen. Good morning, church. Uh, my name is Kevin. I'm one of the pastors here at White Ridge. And uh, welcome. Welcome here. We are so glad that you could join us online and be part of worshiping Jesus, our Messiah. And happy Mother's Day. Uh, this is a real special service today. There's a lot of uh, really cool things that are happening during this service, uh, starting with the fact that Julia and Emma are going to be leading us in worship this morning. I'm just along for the ride and uh, looking forward to spending more time worshiping God together in song. Uh, but before we do that, uh, we're going to watch a couple of videos together, and they're both Sheila Taylor, who is our Director of Children's Ministries. She has some announcements for us, as well as uh, some Mother Day, Mother's Day words for the kids. So let's watch this together. Hi kids, it's me, Mrs. Sheila. Do you guys know what day it is today? It's Mother's Day. Today is a day that we want to honor the special women that are in our lives, the people who are raising us, nurturing us, loving us. God wants our hearts and our attitudes and our actions to honor our parents. In fact, one of the Ten Commandments is to honor your father and your mother. Did you know that? So obeying them and listening to them and doing nice things for them is a way that you're honoring them. So today is a day that we can do something extra special for our moms or anyone that's like a mom to us, like our grandmas, our aunties, our foster moms, or you know, sometimes a family friend can act like a mom sometimes to us. So today we wanna honor those moms by thanking them and acknowledging them for all that they do for us. So I have a few challenges for you guys at home. Number one, say you love her. That's pretty obvious, right? I think we all know that we should say that, but sometimes we just don't say it. So Proverbs 31 verse 28 says, her children rise up and call her blessed. So what about also telling her what you love about her? So I love it when you make me breakfast. I love it when you snuggle me at bedtime. I love it when you play games with me. I love it when you listen to me. I think when you tell her more about why you love her, that'll make her feel even more loved. So number two, give her a hug. Now I know you guys probably hug your moms every day, but I know some of the older kids sometimes forget a little bit and surprise your mom with a big hug, like maybe a big bear hug, not just today, but lots of times. Number three, serve her. I love it when my kids help me with chores without me asking and when they do it without complaining. That seems like such a small thing, but it is a big deal to moms. So Jesus humbly and joyfully served others. So when we're thinking of others and helping them, we're actually following Jesus. Number four, pray for her. Thank God for bringing the special person in your life who loves you, who takes care of you, and thank God for all the memories that you made together. So if you tune into our Bible lesson online today, at the end of our lesson, I have a special Mother's Day craft that I'm doing with the kids. If you don't have our activity pack with activity supplies at home, you can easily find some supplies at home to make this. We're making Mother's Day cards. So we just want to make this special card to show our moms a special women in our lives that we love them and we're thinking of them and we want to thank them for all that they do for us. So have a great day. We'll see you again. Bye. One generation will declare your works to the next and will proclaim your mighty acts. I will speak of your glorious splendor and your wonderful works. Amen. 
just a moment, we're going to watch a video from Pat Jank. Uh, she is one of our WRBC champions for the missions that are happening in Bolivia. Uh, and she'll be sharing with us about that in just a moment. Uh, but first, I want to, uh, to just acknowledge uh, the Samantha family, uh, James and Michelle and, and their kids and their family as James's mother passed away this past week. So uh, you guys were, were thinking of you and we're praying for you and you've got your church family in your corner. And we want to keep, keep you guys in prayer. Let's watch this video from Pat together. Good morning, church. I'm so glad to be here today as the champion for Bolivia. My name is Pat Jank. I'm the life partner of Terry, one of the pastors here, mother of Emily, Joel, Jonathan, mother-in-law of Tori and Holly, and grandma to Finley and Thorne. I love missions and I really believe that my passion for missions started in my early 20s as a young follower of Jesus. I became very quickly fascinated with God's love for the world and all cultures and people everywhere. Before marriage, I had experienced a strong call to cross-cultural ministry, but once Terry and I got married, that was redirected and we spent 17 years in Northwestern Ontario doing pastoral ministry, yet often praying that God might redirect us. Well, it was in 2001, as we were planning for a, a, a first-time sabbatical, that God began to really stir something within us. And our sabbatical changed to a resignation and then set into motion a new direction for our ministry. In 2002, our family relocated to Cochabamba, Bolivia, where we served at the Baptist Theological Seminary in Cochabamba. And our ministry was primarily focused on spiritual formation amongst pastors and our students at the seminary. This is, I guess, how I would say I became really exposed to missions by having this firsthand experience. I believe that God has a purpose for each of his followers to share his message everywhere but he also wants us to be outwardly focused, here and everywhere, from the neighborhoods to the nations. My vision for missions at White Ridge is that we would begin to really embrace that. And I think that right now God is, is creating some really strong leadership in missions as well as amongst the Justice and Mercy team. So please take advantage of things that are on our webpage and anything that is going on um, amongst those teams so that you can learn more about missions and mercy. Um, I've had the privilege of taking three short-term mission teams from this church to Bolivia. And I just think that there's just nothing more exciting than sharing in that opportunity with our church people and learning about God's work in another country. As a champion for Bolivia, we are primarily committed to a partnership with the Bolivian Baptist Union. And it's, it's really a continuation of what we did when we lived there. We remain committed to equipping seminary students and pastors in their spiritual formation. So when we go to Bolivia on short-term trips, we try to spend time with students. We often do ministry with students and encourage them. During the pandemic, 100% of the education offered at the seminary is now through virtual learning on Zoom. And as a result, they're learning all kinds of creative ways of 
doing new ministry initiatives. In fact, next Saturday, Terry will be teaching a seminar on spiritual formation to the National Youth Leaders of Bolivia. The details of our partnership are still being finalized. However, we're working closest with three people, Bill and Janice Stick and Patty Nacho. I would ask that you would pray for us. Pray that God would help crystallize the vision um, and the difference that we can make in Bolivia through these particular people and their relationship with us. I would ask that you pray for Patty Nacho. Um, Bolivia has been hit hard by COVID and Patty is the Director of Global Discipleship in Bolivia for the Bolivian Baptist, or sorry, for Canadian Baptist. And sadly in January, her dad died from COVID. And right now she herself is working in lots of places with vulnerable children and is exposed to the virus regularly, yet unstopped and continuing on, she's asked for protection that the Lord would use her in this ministry. I'd ask that you also pray for Bill and Janice Dick, and there are other ministry partners. Specifically, Bill is on the board at the seminary. He works on our behalf and with us, and they are working very closely with a lot of pastors who have suffered with great loss through COVID. On our webpage, please look at their new ministry update. It gives you details on some of these very tragic things that have gone on there and how we can be praying for them. I love Bolivia. Please free, feel free to phone me or email me or talk to me directly so that we can share lots of stories about what's going on there. Muchas gracias hermanos y hermanas y Dios le bendiga. Hi church. I wanted to tell you about a, a dream I had this past Thursday and uh, my alarm went off and it interrupted the dream. Uh, I was getting ready to go to the prayer group on Zoom uh, Thursday morning. And uh, just before I woke up and the alarm went off, I uh, was dreaming about this auditorium uh, where we meet at White Ridge Baptist Church being filled with people. I mean filled. And uh, I was sitting, standing near the back and, and uh, there was somebody sharing at the front. And... I don't know who it was, I didn't picture it in my mind, but then I remember then they, they got away from the mic and there was this standing ovation, a thundering applause, and in my dream there was even fireworks inside the auditorium, which is amazing, only in dreams. Um, and uh, I woke up, the alarm went off, and uh, it made me think about what was going on. What was going on, as best, best I could tell, it wasn't singing and it wasn't preaching, it was some people sharing. and. Um, I think that uh, during this COVID-19 time, uh, what God is stirring in our hearts and making us uh, get a more of an appetite for is real relationship. And not just real relationship, but, but uh, being on the front line of what God's doing in our hearts and sharing that with each other. And so, of course, that's called disciple-making. And uh, there's all kinds of different relationships that God can lead us into in disciple-making. And and this morning, uh, there's a real treat uh, for us to, to hear from three women who are on our board who are going to share with us some of the perspective they have on disciple-making in their lives. They're a part of a group of the board and staff that are studying a book by uh, Craig Etheridge called Bold Moves. And uh, in that book, he, he talks a lot about 
how to just leverage and use every opportunity God has and the relationships that God puts in our path to, uh, to serve his purposes in our own lives and in theirs. So, so some months ago, I, I kind of approached these three women on the board and I, I gave them the question, how does God call us into female relationships that build up one another in faith? And uh, I am excited uh, to hear what they have to share with us, and I'm sure you're going to be blessed too as God opens their hearts up to the scripture, the experiences, and the various things that they're going to share. So God bless you three, Janine, Kelly, and Irene, and I look forward to hearing from you this morning. God bless you all. Bye-bye. that welcome. My name is Janine Carmichael, and as Pastor Terry mentioned, I serve on the Board of Governance for this church, and I want to thank you and for the opportunity to serve you and Jesus Christ in this way. About five years ago, we bought our very first trailer. It was the most basic pop-up trailer. And this is a picture of my family leaving for our very first camping trip in this very new trailer. That's my husband, Dennis, and our daughters, Avia and Everly. We look pretty happy, right? Well, I got to tell you that things went downhill from here. As we excitedly arrived at our site, our first job was to back the trailer into the site. After what felt like about the 30th time of Dennis going an inch forward and an inch backwards, he gave it just a little bit more oomph. But the trailer jackknifed and it split the bumper of our van. From there we thought, you know what, we're just going to disconnect it and he and I pushed it from the road into the site. At that point, our next job was to try to get the trailer up but it turns out that the cable that makes that pop-up trailer go up had split. There was no way to even get this trailer up. So we sheepishly tried walking around the campground to see if any neighbors might have an idea of how to get this trailer up, but to no avail. So we had to tell the girls that we were heading back home. As you can imagine, they were quite devastated. So the trade-off was that I was going to take them to the park Dennis would get everything hooked up again, he'd pick us up, and then we'd carry on home. Only, he never came for us. I had to go find a park ranger and say, hey, like, have you found, like, seen a guy in a burgundy minivan? Well, lo and behold, Dennis eventually came, and it turned out that he had turned the wrong way down a one-way, and instead of just continuing along, because Dennis is honest as the day is long, he was trying to back that trailer up again. So anyways, as he came for us, our neighbors in the campground approached us again, and they said, you know, we've got this idea. We think we can get that trailer up for you. Why don't you try backing it up again, and let's give this another go. And wouldn't you know, it worked. And when we proudly looked back at the t trailer, indeed, all four legs were down, but the tires were like five inches off the ground. The trailer was so unlevel that the door didn't even close and we had to sleep with it open. I knew that it was also unlevel because in the morning when I made bacon and eggs and I turned away for a minute, 
that little stove that's attached to the pop-up trailer was crooked, so everything just slithered off onto my feet. But nonetheless, on that very first night, when we had finally gotten the girls to sleep, and it was pitch black, and Dennis said this to me. He said, you know, Janine, I didn't grow up camping. I don't even know what I don't know. Hmm. I don't even know what I don't know. I think about that phrase often. I'm an instructor at Red River College, and when I start with a new group of learners, I remember what it's like to not know what you don't know yet. Becoming a mom for the very first time, I didn't know what I didn't know. Parenting well in a global pandemic, I don't know what I don't know. Even joining the Board of Church Governance, I don't know what I don't know. Has that ever been the same for you? Have you ever started something new? Maybe a new job, a new project, maybe even a new season in your life? And at the outset, perhaps you too didn't know what you didn't know yet. So that got me thinking. I wonder, I wonder if the disciples ever felt the same way too. When they first received the call and started following Jesus, did they know exactly how his ministry on earth would unfold and their role in it? As Pastor Terry mentioned, the board and the staff have been reading, discussing, and applying this book called Bold Moves by Craig Etheridge. And we're learning about Jesus' command from Matthew 28, where he says, All authority, all of it, in heaven on earth has been given to me. So therefore, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So we're learning about Jesus' model for disciple-making. And it was a relationally intensive, people-focused approach. Jesus invested in a few. He taught them. And he trained them to reproduce. And so as we've looked at this model, we've settled on some important principles. Disciple-making is transformational. It's relational. It's intentional. And it's purposely faithful. And so this morning, Kelly, Irene, and I want to share what intentional disciple-making looks like in our lives. And for me... It relates to parenting. With Jesus' help, I want to make disciples within my family. I want so much more for my girls than to be sincere, involved churchgoers. I want them to be disciples of Jesus Christ, devoted to him, developing his character. And I think the piece that I've been missing, and that is deployed, to share Jesus with others. Our daughters are now school-aged, and I'm transitioning to a new stage of parenting. Up until now, I think my priority has been about laying a firm foundation for their spiritual development. 
I wanted the girls to know age-appropriate biblical truths, like they're chosen, they're holy, and they're dearly loved. The Bible is God-breathed, it's true, and it's relevant, that God listens when we pray, that Jesus is the sacrifice for our sins. And with younger children, I had lots of control to get to these truths. As parents of littles, we control a lot. We control who they spend time with, how much time, what music they listen to, what books they have read, what shows they watch, how we spend time as a family. However, our oldest daughter, Avia, is going to be heading to middle school this fall. And this seems like a big change for my mummy heart. And it also means, I think, that my role is changing, that I'm heading into a new season of parenting, that building on their spiritual foundation, I want to help equip the girls to be more independent in their faith and more willing and able to share it with others. And just like the bedtimes, the later bedtimes that come with having older kids, this is scary. And it's scary because there's a bit less control. But I'm getting comfort by leaning in to Jesus' model of disciple-making. And we learn from Jesus that disciples were not mass-produced. Disciples are made through meaningful relationships with a few And so here are some of the ways that I want my relationship with my girls to help build their spiritual foundation into disciple-making. One is learning scripture. One of the ways that we like to do that in our home is through song. For example, every night we sing the blessing to each other, the words from number 6, 24 to 26, welcoming others into our home. This has certainly been harder during the pandemic, but we want our, our home to be a place where the girls' friends and others are always welcome. Another way is sharing more with the girls about how God is discipling me. For example, when I was first approached about letting my name stand to join the board, my initial reaction was, nope, you've got the wrong girl. But I agreed to pray and to think on it. And after several months, God changed my heart. And I remember sitting at the table and telling the girls about letting my name stand. And I said, I don't know what I don't know, but I think God is calling me to this and I want to be obedient. Praying for others. That's another way. As a family unit, we've been praying more specifically for those in our life who don't yet know Jesus yet. Just this past week, our daughter, our youngest daughter, Everly, said that she had told one of her friends at school about how much Jesus loves her. When I inquired a bit more, she said, Mom, I think that people who know should tell people who don't. And I thought, praise God for disciple-making. Within our neighborhood group, we've also had some share about specific people that they are praying for and have invited us as a family and as a neighborhood group into that. So church family, this is my heart's desire, but I want to be honest that I get it wrong all the time. I get it wrong, and so do the girls. We're sinners. But that also gives me an opportunity to model confession 
and to model repentance and to thank Jesus for his grace. So thank you for the opportunity to share a little bit about what intentional disciple-making looks like for me as a mom. And uh, next I invite Kelly to share with you what that looks like in her life. Thanks, Janine. Good morning. My name is Kelly Karam, and I serve alongside both Janine and Irene here at White Ridge Baptist Church on the board. And I'm excited to share this morning about the value that I've received from the relationships with various women in my life, both here and outside these walls. I'd like to start with an interesting observation that we've made at our house. And it's regarding the difference between men's conversations and women's. Over the years, my husband Chris and I have often debriefed after a social event. Say, for instance, a Stanley Cup party. At the end of the night, I always have details to share about how everyone's family is doing, what their plans are for the summer, any recent dilemmas they're dealing with, and of course, I got some of the recipes for the delicious treats that we got to enjoy that night as well. All the while, the men generally just talked about the hockey game. Chris is always amazed at the ground the women could cover in such a short period of time. Isn't it true? Women tend to talk more at greater length and about more personal topics. We like to connect. We talk about people, relationships, feelings. Women like to seek out help and they like to give help. When we look to God's word, we see in Genesis chapter 2 verse 18 that God gave the definition of the woman's function when he said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. In Susan Hunt's book titled Spiritual Mothering, she writes about the woman's fascinating helper design. The Hebrew word for helper is azer, and it's often used to refer to God as our azer. Psalms 54 verse 4 says, Behold, God is my helper, Azer. Psalms 46 verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help, or Azer, in trouble. The word Azer appears in the Old Testament 21 times, twice for the woman, three times for nations that Israel turned to for military assistance when they were in trouble, and 16 times for God as our helper. She also writes that Azer is a strong relational, nurturing, caring word. Woman was designed to nurture community and to extend compassion. She goes on to say, the helper design is intrinsic to our femaleness. It transcends specific roles, but permeates every role. All that to say, Women have a very strong helper role to play. I especially want to focus on the important role women have to speak into the lives of other women. To help. To give encouragement. To listen. To impart God's wisdom. To disciple. I've personally experienced many of these kinds of life-giving relationships. Each have looked very different. Some have been as simple as a three-minute conversation. 
Some have been a three-month or a 30-year relationship. Each have helped me to varying degrees, but all have been impactful. To give a few examples of these kinds of relationships, I ended up breaking them up into three general categories. The first being the three-minute kind. These have looked like just brief conversations. Like this week, for example, I found myself in a how-to-cook beets discussion while waiting in line at the grocery store. It's looked like simply socializing um, in the church foyer before and after church. It's been a brief encounter at a women's retreat that's connected me to just the right person at just the right time. Then there's a three-month kind. This kind for me has often been during a women's Bible study term or a book club. While studying and discussing great books, I've also had the chance to meet new women and hear about their unique stories and their perspectives. Then there's the 30-year kind, and this is a very special kind. Examples of this could be relationships with your family, your friends, your coworkers, your life group. All of these kinds of relationships look different, but they all have a couple of things in common. And that is, they've all been helpful in some way. And they've all had intentionality on someone's part. Someone, whether it's me or someone else, someone has intentionally reached out to initiate a conversation or to intentionally start a relationship. In fact, God initiated a relationship with each of us individually so that we might know him and love him. By following his example, we become initiators or imitators of him, as Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 says. Relationships between women are an opportunity for growth and discipleship. I've benefited from conversations around a women's breakfast event table where godly wisdom from previous generations was shared with those of us who come after them. I've learned so much from many of my staff of young women who I've been privileged to work alongside. And interestingly enough, as I was working on this, I received a message with a picture attached from one of my former general managers. It was a picture of her and me on a very memorable business trip. And, it, and she said, I miss these days. My general managers were the young women I personally invested in. I walked shoulder to shoulder with them. I coached them. I did that so that they could in turn do the same for our managers. And then those managers could then invest in our teams of young women that we had. There's nothing like seeing the fruit of time and energy spent pouring into people's lives and growth. As Craig Etheridge stated in his book, Bold Moves, there is no joy like the joy of investing your life in people. I've also personally grown when I've stepped out in obedience to serve in various ministries over the last 25 years. I have formed bonds with women that I may not have had a chance to get to know had I not made the choice to serve. When you step out to help or participate in ministry or just in everyday life, there's opportunity for new connection, growth, for discipleship.
thinking about this past year, it's been different for all of us, hasn't it? We're all encountering a change of some sort. For many of us, it's in our routines and our schedules. I found myself taking this opportunity of more time to do a few things. The first was to reevaluate my priorities. The second, to review my investments, especially of time and energy. Lastly, I've started asking God, who and what is he leading me to invest in? Who or how can I help? The book that we've been reading that Janine had mentioned, Bold Moves, has come at the right time. One of the action steps we're challenged to is to intentionally walk alongside someone. And interestingly enough, I had already initiated a couple of relationships through this last year with the intention of walking alongside, being the hands and feet of Christ. I certainly have not done it perfectly. Sometimes I've almost done nothing in the way of reaching out. I get caught up in my own stuff. I've gotten discouraged and thought, why bother? It's too much of a commitment. I don't have the time. What was I thinking? But then God's blueprint for me comes back to mind, and I remember my design of helper, Azer. So what has this intention to walk alongside these ladies look like over this past year? I make sure to do simple things, like send a message of just checking in, hope you're having a good week. Sometimes I schedule a walk or a coffee time in, and this is really a great time to hear someone's heart. I also pray for them specifically. I've set an intention to develop more meaningful, impactful relationship with them. Going back to this current season that we're in, of perhaps more time or a change schedule. This spring, I encourage you to consider taking more time to look at priorities, to look at who and what you're investing your time and energy in. It's a good time to ask, who can I invite into what I'm already doing? Reevaluate. Pray. Ask God, who and what is he leading you to invest in? How can you help? It could be a three-minute conversation, a three-month, or a 30-year relationship. That's between you and God. I'm grateful for having been given the time to share this morning. And now I am going to pass the baton over to Irene so she can continue this morning's message with her story. Good morning. My name is Irene Taves. I am the chair of Deacons and a member of the Board of Church Governance here at White Ridge. As already mentioned by Janine and Kelly, the church board and the staff are studying a book called Bold Moves. When Pastor Terry asked if I would be willing to share on Mother's Day from a single no children perspective, I told Terry that agreeing to be that agreeing to participate would be a bold move for me public speaking is not my comfort zone. There's a line in the book that says, courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. So here I am, taking a deep breath and saddling up to take this ride. 
One may ask, what does a single woman with no kids have to say about Mother's Day? I ask myself the same question. Mother's Day has not always been easy day to celebrate, especially since my own mom passed away several years ago. Lydia, Mary, Martha, Ruth, Naomi, and Esther. No, these are not my men and identities. These are only a few women in the Bible that the Lord chose to make a difference in history. Some of them were single, many widowed. However, God did not choose them because of their marital status. He chose them simply for his purpose. I will come back to these ladies in just a moment. As a young girl growing up, my dream was to be married, have children, and serve in the church. That was my heart's desire. In my late 20s, I began seeing the dream fading. As time went on, I had to grieve the loss of that desire. I had to seek, trust, and determine what the Lord's plan was for me. I had to wait, trust, and follow him. The only part of my initial dream that came to reality was I have always served in the church. I watched my friends getting married, having children, each time reminding me that I was alone and marriage was not likely to be my journey. Sadly, because of the difference in marital status, many of these friendships faded to acquaintances. Some comments by well-meaning people poured salt on my open wound were like, Irene, don't be so fussy, or you can serve in the church now because you don't have a family at home. It took time, but I can usually let go of these comments. As I thought back to the single women in my life, a number made, have made an impact on my life. Nettie, Anne, and Mary, just to name three. Mary was my first Sunday school teacher. Mary taught me to sing, Jesus Loves Me. I can still picture myself sitting in a chair like the one you see in front of me, singing Sunday school songs and hearing Bible stories. Mary was single all her life. She taught Sunday school for 50 years. To, to this day, I wait. When I wake in the night from a nightmare or just have trouble falling asleep, I will sing, Jesus Loves Me, until I fall asleep. One simple song taught to a little girl who knew Mary was laying the foundation of a young disciple. Nettie and Anne were also very special. These ladies were friends of my parents. I recall them coming for Sunday lunch and most often FOSPA. I will describe FOSPA as Mennonite high tea. Nettie and Anne were never married, but both of my parents considered them dear friends. They would laugh, sing, share, and pray together. My father seldom, if ever, left the women to talk amongst themselves. He accepted them for who they were, married or not. Nettie and Anne were an example of single gracefulness and faith by how they lived their life in service and commitment to the Lord. I do not know if they ever knew what an impact they had and still have on my life. Pastor Terry shared some scriptures for us to study as an inspiration for preparing today. Titus 2, verses 3 and 5. Older women, be reverent in behavior, not gossips, don't drink too much wine, teach what is good, train younger women to love their husbands and children, be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands. And the key for me in this scripture, that the word of God may not be reviled, criticized, condemned, or attacked. I don't have experience to teach young women how to love their husbands and children. It is my responsibility, however, 
as a Christian woman to live a life in such a way that those watching me and hearing my speech will not be able to attack the word of God. I am a sinner. I fail more times than I can count. It is me that is the problem, not the word of God. Praise God for his forgiveness. Now, if I may go back to the list of my non-Mennonite aunties for a moment. Rahab, in the book Twelve Extraordinary Women by John MacArthur, describes Rahab as one of the most unsavory characters imaginable. She is described in Joshua 2.1 as a harlot, a prostitute. Rahab was chosen by God to protect two spies sent by Joshua to Jericho. Rahab is one of Jesus' great-grandmothers. Ruth chose to stay with Naomi, even when Naomi pleaded with Ruth to return to her family after their husbands died. Naomi lamented, I am old and I have nothing to offer. Ruth's intentional and passionate decision to stay with Naomi had a huge impact on history. Ruth is one of Jesus' great-grandmothers. Esther was an orphan. Her uncle Mordecai, a Benjamite, took her in as a daughter after her parents died. Esther was selected from the king's harem to become queen of Persia. One may wonder, why was Esther selected to be in this strange situation? Well, there was a plot to kill the Jews. Uncle Uncle Mordecai came to Esther and pleaded with her to go to the king and ask him to save the Jews. Esther 4, verse 14. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. At times, our circumstances may be confusing, unfair, lonely, or scary. But for such a time as this, Mary was a teenager when she was called by God to be the mother of Jesus, the Savior of the world. Mary responds to Gabriel in Luke 1, verse 38, saying, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. She spoke with submission and intention, and I might say some fear. Mary, Martha, and Mary Magdalene. What supportive friends they were to Jesus. He valued who they were as single women. Mary Magdalene had been cleansed from demons and followed Jesus. She had no idea she would be the first one to see him after his resurrection. I can only imagine that when these women were called to obedience, in what God was calling them to do, they were willing but scared. These women were either single, engaged, widowed, married, and even unsavory. Yet our Lord chose to use their lives to work out his plan. What a comfort it is to know that the Lord sees value in every person from every walk of life. I have learned to embrace my singleness as part of God's plan for me. Although at times, when I am scared to venture out of my comfort zone, I will trust him for strength and wisdom. Several years ago, Pastor Kevin asked if I would allow my name to stand to become a deacon. To be honest, my first reaction was to laugh and say, no, I am not a deacon. I am now a deacon and serving on the board. Who knew? I look at the young women and men in my life, my nieces, my nephews, my great nieces and nephews, borrowed daughters and nieces by choice. My heart's desire is like that of Paul in Galatians 4 verse 15. 
my little children, for who I am in anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. I want so much for all to know the blessings of knowing the Lord, heart, soul, and mind. I love these young people God has placed in my life more than I could imagine. I am blessed. I want to speak into their lives, encourage them to be confident, strong individuals. I pray that they will live a life of deep faith in Christ and to be godly men and women. I had to choose what path I will walk in the world. I had to choose what path I will walk in the world, but not of the world. Sometimes I made good decisions, and there were times when the choices were not so wise. Each choice had its consequences, blessings and pain. Again, I want to share my experience and encourage these young people to make wise, godly decisions. I've already shared about Nettie, Anne, and Mary. These ladies were from my youth. Now, in my current life stage, I have been enormously blessed by many women in this church. These friends, friends have touched my life deeply with a quick question when I needed someone to care. Questions like, how's it going? I prayed for you this week. Cards, phone calls, invitations for dinner. Each one of you have accepted me for who I am as a person with value. I am so blessed to have many couples, and especially my life group, who include me in activities, family dinners, friendships, and house repairs. So why do I share this? God is calling you, single or married, young or young at heart. You may never know how or when you are doing the work of the Lord. You may be unsure or afraid to open your hearts and homes to someone who knows for such a time as this, is the Lord speaking you, speaking to you to invite someone into your world? In this time of social distancing, it's a challenge. However, a phone call, a card, a quick conversation can make a world of a difference to the person God has placed on your heart. On behalf of Janine, Kelly, and myself, we want to thank you for this opportunity to share a bit of our story. Janine shared about being a young mom, setting a foundation for her girls to be, become young disciples. Kelly shared her experience in momentary and long-term relationships. She is learning from and encouraging women in her workplace, her church, friendships, and even the grocery store. I shared my story of how God is using and blessing me as a single woman in the church, work, family, and friends. Do you fit into one of these scenarios? Our prayer is that you will be encouraged to be courageous and willing to share what the Lord is doing in your life with others or one person. I will end again with a quote from Bold Moves. Courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. Thank you, and God bless. Thank you that we get the incredible privilege to worship you together. Lord, thank you for the incredible ways that you are working in our hearts and that you are creating disciples. Thank you for this church family and for the way that you have called us to love one another, to go out into the world, to spread the gospel, and to make disciples of one another. God, I pray that as we go from here, that you would teach us to love one another better, that we would clearly see the ways that you are working in our hearts and that we would be open to 
um, yeah, hearing more of who you are and the way that you were working through us and in us for your glory. Thank you, God, for all of this. In your name, amen. Have a blessed Sunday. Happy Mother's Day.